You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I guess we'll start in Luke chapter 13. I was going to do something a little unorthodox and not give you the text until the very end, but I think this is fitting here, Luke chapter 13. Lord, please help me tonight as I relay this message. Let me preach it as if it were my last. Help us to listen as if it were our last. Lord, I want to come across with with love and with care, but also with urgency and fervency. I don't want to drum anything up. I don't want to be dramatic just for the sake of being dramatic. Help Help me with your Holy Spirit and and by your Holy Spirit to bring across exactly what we need to hear. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Uh, Luke 13, verse 6. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? Why is it taking up space? Cumbereth means hindrance, obstruction, even burden. Why is this burdensome to me? And he, and he's talking, to, uh, this is the dresser of the vineyard talking to the husbandman. He answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year, till I shall dig about it and dung it. Let me remove the things that don't need to be there, and let me put in the things that do need to be there. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Thank you. You may be seated. A fig tree in a vineyard, and... I guess, first of all, we need to look at the, the, husbandman's, the husbandman's right. He had every right to expect that fig tree to bring forth fruit. That's why he planted it, is it not? And all throughout the verses, you see that over and over. Bear fruit, 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 fruit. That's what I'm looking for. For three years, he had been looking for it. That is a reference, Jesus is speaking, that is a reference to his three-year ministry. So the husbandman had every right to expect fruit from that fig tree. When the fig tree did not bear fruit, the husbandman made a decision. And his decision wasn't to keep it there for decoration. His decision may sound harsh, may sound a little knee-jerk, but it's not knee-jerk after three years. It's not harsh after three years. He says, we need to cut it down. Why, and, and here's his question, here's his reasoning. Why cumbereth it the ground? Why is this taking up space? But beyond that, he's asking, why is it hindering me? Three different ways that you can take the word cumbereth. First of all, why is it taking up space? 
Second, why is it hindering me? Because here's the thing. I can plant another tree here that would be fruitful. So why am I going to put up with this tree taking up space, not bringing forth fruit, when I can remove it and plant another tree that is going to bring forth fruit? But then the third one, why is this burdensome to me? You know why? Because three year, for three years, that husbandman spent money and invested into that tree. For three years, he fertilized it. For three years, he watered it. For three years, he paid money. He paid time and patience to that tree. And it paid nothing back. Well, I'm sure it looked beautiful. Yeah, it looked beautiful. That's not why he planted it. I'm sure it added curb appeal. Yeah, it added curb appeal. That's not why he planted it. Usher, stay still for me if you would. Yeah, it, it, it brought shade. That's not why he planted it. He wasn't saying it was completely unprofitable. You do understand that. But he was saying, you are not fulfilling the purpose that I planted you to fulfill. And his response is very clear. I don't care what other purposes you fulfill. If you are not going to bring forth fruit, you are no good to me. Now, do we need to make a large spiritual leap here of what the Lord is talking about? Is he talking about a fig tree in a vineyard? Or is he talking about the fact, Brother John, that he expects believers to bring forth believers? He expects believers to bring forth fruit. And he's willing to be patient. It's not everybody's strength. But it is everybody's ability. There are some fig trees that are going to bring forth 100. Some are going to bring forth 60-fold. Some are going to bring forth 30-fold. But every fig tree has the ability to bring forth figs. If that fig tree is not bringing forth figs, there's a problem, especially when it's being fertilized and watered. And church, my argument based on this is that it does not matter what else you are doing for the Lord. If we are not winning souls, we are not fulfilling our purpose. And if we are not fulfilling our purpose, what good are we to the Father? Now, as the dresser of this vineyard, what I'm going to do is, Lord, give him another chance. Give him, give him a lot more chances. Give him a year. A lot can happen in a year. And give me some time to put some things in and give me some time to take some things out. But then there's an agreement. If at the end of the year there's still nothing, do what you see fit. Now, church, I have five words for us. Five words that are necessary if we are going to win souls. If we don't have all five of these, we are not going to see the fruit that the Lord expects from us. Do you realize the Lord not only expects us to win souls, but it's simple to win souls. It is just as simple as it is simple for a fig tree to bring forth figs. It's natural. 
or for an apple tree to bring forth apples, it's natural. The easiest thing for a fig tree to do is to put forth fruit. And if we are right, one of the easiest things it's going to be able to, for us to do is to produce other believers. So what are we missing? Let me ask you, when is the last time you led someone to the Lord? Have you ever? Would you be able to say, my life is a 30-fold life? You know what I mean by that. A 60-fold life? A 100-fold life? Are we not inspired by a John Freeman? Don't you dare get proud, sir. But that man wins souls. Well, he's just a better Christian. I won't argue against that. But he doesn't need to be a better Christian. He just needs to be a Christian. And you are a Christian, too. The same light that he lets shine before men is the same light that you have if you are saved. And church, let me say this, and I'm going to start harping on this real hard until the Holy Spirit leads me on. I'm getting convinced there's just a lot of people in my pews that are not saved. You're playing the game. And you think that being in church makes you a Christian just like being in a car makes you a mechanic or being in a garage makes you a mechanic. No, sir. You know how you know when you're a Christian? Same way you know a fig tree is a fig tree, fruit. And when there's no fruit, there's no proof. When you are not bearing Christians, there's no proof that you are one. So what are we missing? If your answer is preacher, it's been a while. I'll be the first one to tell you, it's been a while for me. I looked at my wife today and I said, "Hun, when's the last time we led someone to the Lord? It's been a while for me. I have to ask, what's missing? What are we missing? Here's one. If you're going to win souls, you got to go. Okay? You have to go. Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore. There's, I think in John, so send I you. What about Mark 16, 15? Go into all the world and preach. If we're going to win souls, we've got to go. We need to go corporately. Doesn't the Bible teach us in Acts, two by two, house to house? We need to go corporately. And church, it bothers me when there are people sitting in the pews and you would not have joined this church if I did not have, if we didn't, it's not me, you would not have joined this church if we did not have a door-to-door -door soul winning program. And yet you don't go. That's called being a hypocrite. Would it not bother you if I told you Brother Haven, would it not bother you if I told you we're canceling Saturday soulening? We're done. Not doing any more at Heritage. Would it not bother you? Should it not bother me as pastor when people don't come?
Now, some of you have health issues. I understand that. I understand. I'm not saying you have to be here at Saturday at 10 o'clock in order to be a soul owner. You understand that. You can go plenty of other times, and I hope that you would. I would say this. Just because you come at 10 o'clock on Saturday doesn't make you a soul winner. We need to go corporately. We need to go individually. We need to go. There's some of you, you just don't go. You don't go. You don't carry tracks. You don't come out corporately. You don't go out individually. And that's why you don't see souls saved. You've got to go. You want to see a harvest? You've got to have, you've got to have seed. And you've got to, you, that's step one. It's like the recipe book that says, recipe for rabbit soup. Step one, you know what it is? Catch a rabbit. Guys, we're not even doing the, some of us are not even doing the first step to go. And there's a reason why. The further you get away from the Lord, the more it becomes about me. The closer you get to the Lord, the more it becomes about others. And do not tell me, well, I'm in church. I'm close to God. Being in the presence of the Lord does not mean that you are close to him, Martha. Need I remind you that Lucifer himself was in the presence of God when he sinned against him. Many people sin at the very feet of Jesus. Some of the greatest sinners I know sit in church pews because we know better. We've gotten away from the Lord when it's all me, 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 me. It's supposed to be about him and it's supposed to be about others. But church, I'll be honest with you, I don't think that's what we're missing. For some of you it is, but I don't think that's what we're missing. I think we do go. We have three different groups that go. And, and many of you, even though you've never been able to make a Saturday soul winning at 10 o'clock, you carry tracks with you and everywhere you go, when you order from Taco Bell. I, I, one, time, one, time I gave, one time I gave a tract and somebody recognized me from the back of those bifold tracks that I hate because it has my picture on it. And I said, oh, I know who you are. And they reached over and they, they grabbed a, a stack. They grabbed a stack of tracks. You know what that tells me? First of all, a lot of you are giving stuff out. Second of all, we're all a very unhealthy church. <laughs> we just need to go. Church, we need to go. I don't think that's what we're missing. Now, if you've gotten away from it, get back to it. Get back to it. It's not all about us. Get back to it. Get back on others again. Get back to Jesus again. We have got to start going. I don't think that's what we're missing. Here's another one that we need. We need the truth. The Jehovah's Witnesses go, and they put us to shame when they go. But they don't have the truth, Brother Darren. They don't have the truth, Pop. They're telling people that only 144,000 are going to get in, and that Jesus is a creation. And some of them believe that Jesus and Satan are brothers. It's laughable. It's ridiculous. They don't have the truth, but they go. God, when we go, we had better have the truth. And Jesus said this, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And right before, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there's something about truth. 
When, when we go and we have the truth, truth confronts people. And I wonder if maybe this is what we're missing. Are we missing the boldness to confront people about their sin? Or when we go, are we willing to put somebody on the spot? You know, nobody's going to accept a cure until they realize how sick they are. Nobody's going to accept directions until they realize how lost they are. And no one's going to accept forgiveness until they realize how much of a sinner they are. Have we gotten afraid to confront people about sin? Have you forgotten that what brought you to the Savior was conviction of your sin? Have we forgotten that when Jesus came, he was a perfect balance of truth and grace? Yes, he had grace for people. He was perfectly fine with telling that woman, neither do I condemn thee. But he also said, go and sin no more. Is this what we're missing? When we go and we knock on a door, are we just giving people a cure without telling them that they're diseased? It takes both. Church, I hope that before we ever talk to people about heaven, we are willing to dangle their soul over hell. And that is the main problem with Texans. Up north, you just won't get people to listen. They just won't listen at all. Everybody has a no soliciting sign on their heart. But down here, everyone will talk, but no one will admit that they're a sinner. And if you can get them to admit they're a sinner, they don't realize just how bad it is. And if we're going to win souls, we got to go. And when we go, we better have the truth. And the truth is going to put, is going to reveal what people are in the eyes of a holy God. But church, I don't know if that's what we're missing. If that's what you're missing, then that's what you're missing. And you've got to get it right. But we have the truth. We have the King James Version of the, for the English-speaking people. We have got the truth. Many of you have it memorized. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. For the wages of sin is death, but uh, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That is the truth. I don't think that's what we're missing. I'm not worried when we go out on Saturday. Oh, man, I really wonder if Brother John is going to spread heresy. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about having the truth. Folks, we have the truth. I don't think that's what we're missing. So then what are we missing? There's another thing that you need if you're going to win souls. You have to have faith. You have to have faith that when you spread the seed... It's going to come forth. You have to believe. Now, if we didn't have promises in God's word, I would say, well, just leave it up to chance, I guess. But here's what God's word says in Isaiah 55, 11. My word shall not return unto me void. I know a lot of us go soul winning. But when you go soul winning, are you going out believing you're going to win souls? And there's a very big difference, isn't there, Miss Annalisa? Isn't, isn't there, Miss Elaine? There's a very big difference between soul winning and winning souls. A lot of churches have soul winning programs, but they don't win souls. And it's because they don't believe they're going to. A young preacher went up to Charles Spurgeon one time and he said, Brother Spurgeon, I, I don't have people saved every Sunday like you do. And Charles Spurgeon looked back and said, now, son, you don't believe that you would really see souls saved every Sunday, do you? 
No, no, I guess not. He said, that's exactly why you don't. When is the last time going out realizing we have got the truth and this is a powerful book and it will do something for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When you knock on that neighbor, that, that stranger's door and you just open the scriptures to him, it does something. Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. It's not your words. It's his word. Yeah. It's not, no, well, I don't know all the answers. You don't need to know all the answers. You just need to know the answer. Right. And do you believe that when you go out with that New Testament, when you go out with that tract, man, if I could just get somebody to listen to God's word, their lives are going to be changed. Amen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. Of God unto salvation unto everyone that believe it. To the Jew first, also to the Greek, it doesn't matter. To the Jehovah's Witness, to the Mormon, to the, to the cultist, to the atheist, to the agnostic, it does not matter. If I could just get this sword open in front of them, it will do something. It will do something. Is that what we're missing? Are we missing faith? I hope not. I hope not. I don't think it is. If it is, God help us. I'm going fishing today, hoping to catch anything. Nah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Do you not trust your lure? No, I've got a good lure. Do you not know what you're doing? No, I know how to fish. Are there fish where you're going? Yeah. Then why don't you expect to catch something? Well, I'm just not the best fisherman out there. Whoa, whoa, wait a, wait a second. Wait a second. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with faith in the Holy Spirit that goes before you. Is that what we're missing? Personally, I don't think that's what it is. If that's, if that's what it is for you, get it right. Because you're never going to win souls without faith. There's another thing that we need. Prayer. You know what prayer does? Prayer plugs in the vacuum. Prayer plugs in the power tool. Prayer is our power. Prayer is what says, Holy Spirit of God, I cannot do this without you. Wait. We can do it without him, but we won't get anywhere. You know what I think a lot of us are doing on Saturday with our, with our soul-winning vacuum? And the cord isn't even plugged in. And we're doing all the work. I just don't understand what you're doing. Soul-winning doesn't work. Mmm you got to have the Holy Spirit with you. What did, what did Jesus say? He said, I've got a big task for you. You're going to start in Jerusalem, and then you're going to go to Judea, and then you're going to go to Samaria, and then you're going to go to the uttermost parts of the world with the gospel. But don't you dare go until the promise of the Father comes to you. 
you wait, you be patient, you stay in that upper room and you pray until he goes with you. And they did. And they had good results that first day. I'd say so. 3,000. Do you believe the Lord could give us 3,000 in a service? That's fine. That's a good belief. But the last time that happened, it was because the church prayed for 10 days straight. And you know what? I could, I could administrate that. I could tell you for the next 10 days we're going to pray. And I'm, I'm this close. I am this close. If the Lord, and if the Lord gives me direction on it, I'm going to do it. I am this close to saying we are not going to have one second of preaching on Wednesday night anymore. We are going to come, we're going to sing, and we're going to pray for the Lord to give us souls. And until he answers, we're not going to have one second of preaching. Would you come? Would you come not to hear preaching, not to be fed, but to, but to pray and agonize for the souls of men? Would you still come? I, I, I hope you would. Because without prayer, we're not getting anywhere. Church, I don't know if that's what we're missing. I don't know if that's what we're missing. I think I know what we're missing. It's in Psalm 126. Verse 5 and 6. Say it once you see it. What are, we, what are we missing? What are we missing? The tears. Yes, sir. Church, I want you to see this. He that goeth, you got to go. Verse 6, he that goeth. Bearing precious seed, you've got to have the truth, right? And we learn from other places, you got to pray and you got to have faith. And then there is a promise of abundance. You're going to go out with seeds and you're going to come back with sheaves. You're going to go from this to this. I promise you, doubtless, 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 you will come again. But not without tears. That's what we're missing at Heritage Baptist Church. I think Heritage Baptist Church goes. I believe we have the truth. I believe we have faith when we go. I believe we pray before we do. But lately we've had a lull. We see a soul here, we see a soul there, we see a soul here, a soul there, maybe two, three. Churches used to see 10, a dozen, 15, 20 on every Sunday. Well, it was a different time back then. No, it was not. The gospel was, was more powerful back then. Please. Light gets more powerful the darker it is outside. It's not a gospel problem. Well, people were more open back then. Yeah, in the 60s and 70s when they, they didn't even remember half the time. 
It's not a soil problem. The harvest truly is plenteous. The laborers are here. The laborers are here. Few, but we're here. And we're going, and we have faith, and we're praying, and we've got the truth. But we're not seeing abundance. So either God lied, or we're not crying. Now, why would a, why would a sower cry when he's sowing? Because he loves them and he cares for them. Absolutely. Because he realizes how important the harvest is. And he realizes, Lord, if these don't come, if this doesn't come to fruit, my family's not going to make it. When is the last time you cried and said, Lord, give me a soul or I'm going to die? Have you ever? Lord, give me a soul or I'm going to die. Lord, lead me to somebody. Please, it's been so long. It's been never. Let me tell you why I'm preaching this. When we were at camp, Brother Ben, and boys, you all remember, nobody preached on soul winning. Right? No one preached on soul winning. And yet during that hour-long invitation, what were all the teenagers saying? We need to go soul winning. Whenever revival comes to a group... Their eyes go to souls every single time. And these teenagers, oh, we, need to, we need to get back to soul winning, and we need to do this, and we need to see souls saved, and we need to... I had this college girl come up to me. I had no idea who she is. I don't, I don't even know where she's from. She's got to be from... She, I, I, I don't know. She spoke very good English. I think she's from Minnesota. Um, she's, but she's, she's black, like dark, dark black. And she came up to me and she said, Brother Johnny, and she's weeping. Her name's Kimmy, just weeping, weeping, weeping. And a lot of kids were getting right that night. They were getting right with, they were getting right with their screen time. They were getting right with messaging each other things that they shouldn't message. They were getting right with pornography. They were getting right with a bunch of, it was just like the, the Holy Spirit took a shotgun and boom. I didn't know what was going on with this girl. And when she finally gained composure of herself, she said, I have never led someone to the Lord. And I can't believe I've done that. I can't believe I've done that to my Savior. I said, Kimmy, I have never met somebody who cried about not being a soul winner, who did not lead their first soul to the Lord within six months. I've never met somebody. Sunday, right before I came to the pulpit, I got a text from Kimmy's assistant pastor. Kimmy wanted to let you know she just led her first soul to the Lord. Because she had tears. Church, I hope you feel deeply convicted. If you feel that going is enough, it's not. 
if you don't even go, the Lord rebuke thee. Prayer is not enough. And faith is not enough. And the truth, the promise is given to those who weep over what they are doing because it shows it means something to you. And I hope we see a lot of people on their face up here, not faking tears. Don't you fake a tear, but maybe you say, God, please give them to me. Give me tears for souls. You know what's going to happen? At Heritage Baptist Church, if we start crying as we're going and crying with the truth and crying with prayer and faith, do you know what's going to happen? You will we will doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. You will not be able to put another person in this room or that one. But I believe that's what we're missing. Anybody know C.W. Fisk? C.W. Fisk worked for Jack Hiles back in the day, and he came over to Northwest. He, that man is a soul winner. He was there at the conference up in Arlington. He's losing his mind. Man hated me in college, hated me. He came up in his walker. Brother Danny, I went up and I, and I prayed and I turned around and Brother Fisk was there. I wasn't expecting to see him. He's not doing well. And I went up to him. He let go of his walker and he grabbed me and he almost, he almost fell. And I don't have a lot of... I, my wife had to, had to catch him. <laughs> and that old man grabbed me. That old man that worked for Jack Hiles back when he was running 50,000 on a Sunday. And he pulled me in and he said, Dear God, put your hand on this young man and let him remember it's all about you and it's all about souls. And he let me go. Church, I promise you, you can see this place full, but not without tears. You can see your family come to Christ, but not without tears. The Lord can use you as a soul winner, but not without tears. You can see your Sunday school grow, but not without tears. You can see that parking lot full, but not without tears. You can see the bars shut down in Corpus Christi, but not without tears. You can see the drugs off the street, but not without tears. There is absolutely no reason why God couldn't use this church to bring revival to Corpus Christi, Texas, Amen. like he has with a lot of other churches that had no greater truth than we have and didn't go any more than we do and didn't pray any more than we do and didn't have any more faith than we do. But the thing was, they had tears and we don't. And I am begging you, as I am begging the Lord, give me my tears back for souls. It's been all about us been all about us. Our building and our bills and our this and our that and we need this and we need that and we're running out of space and we, 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 we. 
When's the last time we took our eyes off and we put them on somebody else and cried while we did it? Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.